0: Hello and welcome to uh, episode uh, you just said 38 yep of a history and history podcast I'm Alex
1: I'm Amador who's <laughs> that
0: uh, well <laughs> I was trying to decide if I was gonna say I'm not Amador again but then I was like I already did that
1: I already did that joke
0: it's not funny anymore
1: no do you have any uh...
0: mm-hmm. I was
1: gonna say housekeeping but I mean I guess we're still kind of like in the intro intro
0: any old news?
1: Um, I have some housekeeping stuff. Okay. Well, first thing I wanted to bring up. we'll f- we'll do this first, and then there's one other thing I want to bring up. <laughs> uh, thanks everyone for listening, liking, subscribing, following. Uh, we now have uh, in the analytics, I guess, on Spotify Podcasts, since that's like a whole new thing now. Uh-huh. It tells us how many Spotify followers we have, which is really cool. We're at 27 right now. Wow. Really want to get to 30. So if you listen to us <laughs> on Spotify and you don't actively follow us on spotify go ahead and uh, click that follow button that'd be really cool
0: or if you listen to us somewhere else but you have a spotify yeah just go click it
1: anyway or you know if you happen to be at an airbnb and someone happened to leave their spotify info logged in like my wife did (laughs) uh just go ahead and follow us whatever that account is too
0: it's their fault (laughs) don't leave your shit open if you don't want me to subscribe to myself
1: (laughs) that's so funny um and we're approaching a thousand overall listens just through like spotify and apple podcasts and all that stuff like i said this i talked about this last week doesn't include all the youtube views and stuff but that's still a huge number that's still pretty cool so thank you for thank you everyone for listening to alex and i talk about stupid stuff while we act stupid and don't know anything but we know a little bit of stuff about some stuff (laughs) so there you go yeah um Last week. We talked about what did we talk about last week?
0: I talked about some
1: shit. Do you remember?
0: Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> it, what about uh, all you I have in about, my head is what I started. You talked
1: about the Cincinnati courthouse oh, yeah, riots, yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah, I was I was gauging to see if you actually remembered. Apparently, you didn't. So yeah, we talked about the Cincinnati Courthouse riots where uh, that one guy uh, escaped and then came back and the whole city was on fire. It was really cool. Right. A lot of neat Listen, I've had and some shit
0: that. go on in between then and now.
1: Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Me too. I got infected by your daughter who got infected with strep. It was a nightmare. But I'm fine now. I'm good.
0: Okay, good. I'm glad.
1: I'm fine. Thanks for checking in. So hopefully you guys all liked that episode about Cincinnati. We will not be in Cincinnati or Ohio at all um, in this episode. So or maybe ever. Maybe ever again. Yeah, I think we've outdone Ohio. Uh, Ohio oh, we I don't meant need...
0: like physically. I don't ever want to go to Ohio.
1: Oh, I would go to Cleveland. I would go to like a baseball or football game or something there. Mm-hmm. I'd go to Columbus. You know, the capital of Ohio. Where we didn't remember that last what, week.
0: Though? Like, who is like, I'm going to go on vacation to fucking Ohio.
1: I'm not saying specifically Hi, there. I'm but, in
0: Delaware. But
1: like... When I'm retired, when you're retired, when I'm like, we're tired of each other whatever, and I'm like, we're we're taking separate vacations, stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, I want to go visit every hockey stadium. Like, I want to go to Columbus, go to the Blue Jackets Park and stuff.
0: All right. Well.
1: Yeah. So I would go to Ohio. Anyway. We're not talking about Ohio. Bye. Today, Today we're going to talk about a man (laughs) by the name of. Wait. What?
0: Was that it? Was that everything that we had to talk about?
1: Oh, no. There was one more thing. So. The other day, well, those of you, depending on how close you are to us, uh, relationship-wise, you may or may not know that our daughter, Evelyn, is uh, right now obsessed with airplanes. Oh, yeah. And we... Well, so, anytime we hear an airplane or she hears, like, the train horn she thinks it's an airplane, so she's got to, like, jump on the couch and look out the window and look for the airplane flying over the house. And we she have a lot him, of...
0: She calls them choo-choo
1: planes. Yeah, choo-choo planes. And so, we... <laughs> We have a lot of planes to fly over because we have an airport that's pretty close by. More planes than you would imagine for middle of nowhere Montana. Yeah, I mean, for a, nowhere, an airport
0: that has zero options to fly out of. Yeah,
1: it. like there's a lot of planes. So the other day, an Alaska Airplane airline plane was flying through, and I was and I asked Evelyn like, "Oh, do you see the face? Can you see the face on the wing?" Oh Obviously, she couldn't see the face on the wing because it's too far in the sky. And I asked Alex, I was like, "Do you know?" who that face is and Alex goes it's Jimi Hendrix and I was like what and she was 100% serious and I I don't I didn't even my brain stopped like I think it's short-circuited I didn't know how to process that information that you thought you thought that Alaska Airlines put Jimi Hendrix on their tail fin or whatever they call that part my whole life it's an Eskimo
0: (laughs) I didn't think it was a hood, I thought it was an afro. (laughs) Uh, (sighs)
1: Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) zoinks I was floored. I couldn't believe it. Uh I mean And then
0: you watched like a hundred hours of planes leaving and
1: Yeah, yeah. Yesterday I stayed home with Evelyn um because we were both sick and we watched I have two hours, three hours of just airplanes taking off and landing at o'hare airport some airport that was in like europe somewhere so you got to see all these different european company and european airport airlines and and middle eastern airlines all kinds of stuff like planes i've never even heard of planes i've never seen before there was a one plane that's called the it was called a beluga plane and it looks like a beluga whale like the nose and then it looks like it looks like an airplane has a tumor and that tumor is another airplane stacked on top of it. <laughs> but they called it the Beluga air- airplane. I don't know. I'm not an airplane guy. Troy, you will, are know now. What- Troy will know what I'm talking about. He's in the airplanes, <laughs> he flies airplanes. Apparently,
0: your daughter is too.
1: Yeah. So.
0: She's gonna lose her shit when we get on an airplane.
1: Yeah, that'll be really cool. It'll be really excited, or she'll be scared to death. So. I think she's gonna
0: love it. She's yeah. gonna well, because first we're gonna get to the airport and watch all the like planes and stuff mm-hmm. out, and she's gonna be like, paint, 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 paint. Yeah, pain. she'll be like, holy Should shit,
1: plan, this plan, is plan. like what I I watched this the other day in my living room. Just now I this I is real life. <laughs> holy smokes! And
0: then we're gonna get in one, and she's gonna be like, what?
1: I'm flying in a coffin. I Yay! To touch it. <laughs> don't say that. It's scary. It's shaped like a coffin. Um yeah, I'll be curious to see if uh how she feels about like landing and taking off. That's always it always makes me nervous.
0: Yeah, I don't like landing.
1: I don't mind landing. I don't I, no, that's that's not true. Landing, yeah, is always a little more nerve wracking than taking off. Anyway, that was my my final little bit of house cleaning was just being Absolutely floored that you thought Jimi Hendrix was on the tail wing of uh, Alaska Airlines. I'm sorry. That's, I'm stupid. I always say. Okay. So tonight is going to be kind of an interesting story. There is going to be a content warning at one point, and I will give a full, like, warning ahead of time before I talk about what I'm going to talk about. Uh, but tonight we're going to talk about Phineas Gage. you ever heard of Phineas Gage?
0: I know the name, but I don't know why.
1: So he's most famous for what is called the... Let's see. I have it in here somewhere. Hold on. Hold on. He's most known for an accident. So I learned about him originally in my uh, neuropsychology class.
0: Oh. Yeah. I know what you're talking about.
1: Sure. So what do you know?
0: Uh, I know that he got a... Not a... uh, He had a thing go through his whole head... Like a piece of rebar or something because he exploded in a mine and it went through his whole head and then he lived. Right?
1: Yeah. So some of that's true. Sure. (laughs) But he didn't Uh, walk around. Here's what it's called. So he's known. My favorite murder just did this.
0: (laughs) Sorry. This isn't even a murder. Okay. But it's like.
1: God damn it. All right. Whatever. So it's usually referred to as the American crowbar case. I'll get into why it shouldn't be called that. But it is like that's what it's usually called. Um so it involves a horrible accident that he shouldn't have survived and that's what we're going to talk about today. Great. So Phineas P Gage, born in 1823 in New Hampshire to Jesse and Hannah Gage, and uh that's about all we know about his early life. <laughs> uh he was one of five children. He was literate. That's pretty um important in 1823 cuz Most people still aren't, you know, especially not poor people anyway. And he wasn't, he didn't come from like a high end family or anything like that. But Uh, A little background on like his, because this will come into play later, but his personality and kind of characteristics before the accident, Um, a physician by the name of John Martin Harlow described Gage as follows, quote, A perfectly healthy, strong, and active young man. 25 years of age. Nervo-bilious temperament. We'll get into what that means in a second. 5 feet 6 inches in height. Average weight, 150 pounds. Possessing an iron will as well as an iron frame. Muscular system unusually well-developed. Having had scarcely a day's illness from his childhood to the date of his injury. So this guy didn't get sick. This guy, he's... Built like a horse. Tip top. Yeah. He was on top of it. So the doctor describes his nervo bilious temperament, which is described later as having an unusual combination of quote excitable and active mental powers. Now he didn't have ESPN or whatever. I know I know it's called ESP. Shut up. Stupid. (laughs) He couldn't he wasn't telekinetic. He couldn't move stuff with his mind.
0: Couldn't play basketball with his brain.
1: Right. Uh the doctor also said quote he had energy and strength of mind and body making possible the endurance of great mental and physical labor. Now well, that's important because of the incident. So in July nineteen nineteen, in July I typed nineteen so many times today. <laughs> in July eighteen forty-eight, at the age of twenty-five, Gage started working for a construction crew that was working on the Hudson River Railroad near Cortland Town, New York. Just a couple months later, Gage is then working as a blasting foreman on railway construction projects. So within a short amount of time, he's like he goes from like being just a regular laborer to being the foreman. And uh, he he was described by his employers as quote the most efficient and capable foreman, a shrewd, smart businessman, very energetic and persistent in executing all of his plans of operation. So all of this prior to the incident, which we'll get to next. Overall, he's a real go-getter. He's smart, hardy, a good worker, and a good boss. If Macho Man Randy Savage were to describe him, he'd say he's the cream of the crop. <laughs> Jesus
0: Christ. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. <Shut> <laughs> cream of the crop always rises to the top, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. On September 13th, 1848, so just a couple months later after he started working at this gig, Gage was directing a work gang blasting rock. A work gang blasting rock while preparing the roadbed for the Rutland and Burlington Railroad south of the village of Cavendish, Vermont. So, when they say he was setting a blast, it means he was doing the following. He drill he drills a hole deep into the outcrop of rock adds blasting powder and a fuse, then using the tamping iron to pack the sand, clay, or other material into the hole above the powder in order to contain the blast energy and direct it into the surrounding rock. It's pretty technical stuff, but Gage was good at it and even commissioned a custom-made tamping iron. Like, he was like, I'm so good at this, I'm going to get my own tamping iron to be able to do this job effectively. And that becomes important later as well. Side note. Sure.
0: That's why, like, they use the same, um, uh, like, not structure. They use the same process in Butte in the mining companies, and that's why, like, Tapper Light is a big Butte saying. Like, it's on all their merch and stuff like that.
1: I've never seen that once a Butte.
0: Well, I have a shirt. I have two shirts that say Tapper Light on them. Do you? Yes.
1: No i don't know, maybe. Because of
0: what you're about to say because of what happens like you've got to be really careful when you're doing that shit sure otherwise um, stuff yeah
1: <laughs> accidents happen. so there's speculation on why gage was had gotten so much experience working with explosives like how he became the foreman of this of doing this explosive stuff so quickly but There wasn't, there's not much, like I said, there's not much detail into his early life, so maybe speculation is he maybe worked with explosives on his farm, like with his parents or whatever, or he had worked in mines and stuff when he was younger. No one really cared about this guy until this incident, turns out. Some people just aren't that interesting until something happens to them. Isn't that weird? (laughs) So, around 4.30 p.m. that day, September 13th. Gage was distracted by some work his men had been doing behind him. Looking over his right shoulder, he inadvertently moves his head into line with the blast hole and the tamping iron. You see where this is heading? Literally. Get it? Gage went to say something to his men in the same instant that the tapping iron sparked against the rock and the powder exploded. Now, I'll describe the tamping iron a little bit here. It's one and a quarter inches in diameter, so it's not very big in diameter anyway three and a half feet long and weighs close to 14 pounds
0: it's essentially a crowbar or uh uh, what's that called not a crowbar a uh like the wrought iron things you know what i'm trying to say nope uh rebar that's what i'm trying to say
1: sure yeah pretty much like yeah if you've ever seen a rebar it's it's like that but shaped a little bit differently um so the tamping iron rockets out of the hole, enters the left side of Gage's face in an upward direction, just in front of the lower jaw. The iron continues upward outside of the upper jaw, behind the left eye, and through the left side of the brain, and then completely out the top of his skull through the frontal bone. Yep. Now, you, now you may be wondering, I thought you said you were going to give a content warning before you described something so horrible. Oh, it gets worse. <laughs> <laughs> this is the good part. So, as I mentioned at the top, the case is usually referred to as the American Crowbar case. However, there was no hook or bend in the tamping iron, as you would imagine in a crowbar. and indeed, it was more like a javelin, which is possibly what saved Gage's life. So he he custom made this thing because the it has a point at the end of it as a point as a, like the part that enters his head is pointed. So it actually like slips through easier than if it was just like a piece of rebar is a circle, or it's like a, a tube from top to bottom but this is like a piece of rebar that has a point at the very top yeah it actually enters easier and he custom made that like he's like i want it this way i don't think he knew like well that's just in case it goes through my face (laughs) right i don't think he knew that but (laughs) this you know it happened to save his life so the tampering iron lands 80 feet away quote smeared with brain and blood as would be expected
0: yeah it went through his brain
1: Gage is speaking within minutes of the incident, clearly, and obviously in shock, but speaking. He's walking with little assistance, and he sat upright in an ox cart as he travels about three quarters of a mile back to his lodgings in town. Can you imagine being like, hey, man, I need you to drive me back to town? And you're looking at like your friend, and he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> There's a hole in your head. There's multiple holes in your head.
0: There's at least two. <laughs>
1: About 30 minutes later, physician Edward H. Williams finds Gage sitting in a chair outside the hotel. The doctor recounts the following. This is the warning of graphic detail. So if you don't want to hear this, I would skip ahead about, uh, to be safe, let's go a minute. So the doctor says, quote, when I drove up, he said, doctor, here is business enough for you. I first noticed the wound upon the head before I alighted from my carriage, the pulsations of the brain being very distinct. So you could see the brain pulsing. Mm-hmm. The top of the head appeared somewhat like an inverted funnel, as if some wedge-shaped body had passed from below upward. Mr. Gage, during the time I was examining this wound, was relating the manner in which he was injured to the bystanders. I did not believe Mr. Gage's statement at that time, but thought he was deceived. Mr. Gage persisted in saying that the bar went through his head. Mr. Gage got up and vomited. The effort of vomiting pressed out about half a teacupful of the brain through the exit hole at the top of his skull, which fell upon the floor.
0: Oh my God! End quote. Oh, <laughs>
1: so... <laughs> I'm gonna throw up. He just went, and it went. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, that's the only graphic thing in the rest of this. So boy howdy this when i read disgusting. that i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> oh lordy <laughs> okay so i'm not gonna go into any more about the injury because it's about as bad as you can imagine like right. it, uh, the, this, a piece of metal went straight through this guy's head and exited through the top of his skull it's just, it, that's bad enough but i um, i do want to talk about the aftermath because this is the reason we brought it up in psychology or in my neuroscience class So, 14 days after the incident, and with as much healing as doctors in this time period can be done, his friends in attendance uh, expected his death to be soon. Like, he was still kind of, he was still walking and talking and stuff, but he was slowing down, Mm -hmm. and obviously there's a lot of blood loss and everything, so they're like, yeah, he's probably not going to make, like, they were surprised he made it 14 days. However- he should
0: have died instantly.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, 100%. Most people get shot in the head and they're dead. This one was like- He's like, nah, man. Remember, tough character. Cream of the crop. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, however, a doctor, John Martin Harlow, who I talked about at the beginning, gave mm-hmm. the description of him. He was a young physician uh, who didn't give up on him. Treated him well enough for Gage to return home 10 weeks after the incident. Yeah. So he's like, I'm going home. And Harlow's like, go get him, buddy. <laughs> By February of 1849, six months after the incident, Gage was able to do a little work on the farm and in May was able to plow for about a half a day before like getting tired and being like, oh, I have multiple holes in my head that I did weren't here six <laughs> months ago. my brain's missing. <laughs> right. In April of 1849, a couple months prior to the whole plowing thing, it was noted that Gage had lost vision in his left eye, to be expected. And it, we'll put a, post a picture of him. It. It's a pretty iconic picture. Once I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah. That's right. And it's like you can see he he had lost all his vision in his left eye. Yeah. I think the eye was gone actually. So uh so he loses vision in his left eye and has a scar, but other than some memory issues that his mother recognized. So there she she mentions his mother mentions that he has some memory issues. But she says, if you didn't know him, you wouldn't know he has memory issues. Like, I know he has memory issues because I like I can remember the stuff that he can't. But yeah. if you just met him, you wouldn't know he has any memory issues. So, you know, he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> he's fine. So, he's unable to return to the railroad. Talk about a lawsuit waiting to happen. The railroad's like, hell no. <laughs> no way, dude. You can't have your job back. Are you kidding me? uh he becomes like a walking museum for a time mm-hmm. and uh, he kind of goes around and makes appearances to make money like hey look look at all these holes i got in my head how am i <laughs> here's my crazy story
0: do you think he like did the pencil trick where he stuck a pencil through his hole and like or like dental floss
1: the hole's not there anymore like that's the dr harlow it was
0: a fucking joke <laughs> I know the hole's not there anymore, you idiot. They,
1: they plugged it up. God. With with brain. With gr- greasy oil rags and stuff. <laughs> uh it's eighteen forty nine. What do you expect him to plug it up with? Wood, probably, is what they stuffed it up. Yeah, it's fine. You yeah. think
0: they plugged his hole with wood? <laughs> they probably put the bar back in. it. Stop the bleeding.
1: Uh so anyway. So uh, he he doesn't really like this whole i'm a sideshow attraction kind of thing so he wants but he wants to keep working so he uh works for a time in chile chile as it's called um the country and san francisco as a stagecoach handler but eventually starts having seizures and has to stop Hmm. seizures are to be expected so may 18th 1860 he suffers a bad seizure then has multiple repeatable like he has multiple repeated seizures or he's not coming out of it and he dies on may 21st so three days later he dies um when dr harlow so dr harlow and him had become estranged sounds like they were in a relationship but like after he fixed them like and he and gage goes off to chile and and san francisco and stuff like harlow is still over on the east coast so he's like hey man like I he never heard from him again. Yeah. He thought he was he had been dead for a while. He finds out he's dead. Um he has the skull exhumed and delivered to his business in Woburn, Massachusetts cuz he's still a doctor. Uh he also manages to get his hands on the tamping iron which Gage had kept and called so Gage called it his quote constant companion during the remainder of my life. So he's like this this is my brother. <laughs> tamper
0: this thing knows me inside and out
1: (laughs) 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 crazy um once harlow finished a retrospective paper in 1868 he gave the skull and the iron to harvard medical school's warren anatomical museum where they both exist to this day so if you ever want to go see phineas gage's skull and the tamping iron that went through it you can go to harvard medical school and go to their museum it's right there i I want to go
0: to boston yeah that would be really cool I want to move to Boston.
1: Something, something, Augustana. There, but... Something, something. Think, Think go to... I'm going to yeah, 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 we have to pay for that song now. If I say more <laughs> of it. <that. laughs> so, the story itself is pretty wild, but the, s- the reason it's told in neuropsychology classes is because this it may be one of the first cases to suggest the brain's role in determining personality. And that damage to specific parts of the brain might induce specific personality changes. So other uh, other things that have been discovered are like the Broca's area and Wernicke's area of the brain. You know those?
0: No. What the fuck?
1: Okay. Well, I thought you might. It's I, I don't think it's uncommon knowledge. So the Broca's area and the Wernicke's area of the brain, are they control speech. So like... You know, comedian Tom Segura talks about people get hit in the head, they suffer a traumatic brain injury and all of a sudden they start speaking another language that they didn't know before. Like it's because of damage to those parts of the brain. Or if you can't understand language or you um like you could write words but you can't say them anymore, it's usually damages damage to either one of those two parts of the brain. I loved my neuroscience course. I thought it was great.
0: There's so much shit that can be wrong with your body. Oh yeah.
1: Jeez. And like the most depressing stuff was watching the videos and stuff about Alzheimer's cuz we had to study about what is actually going on with when Alzheimer's. Your brain it's terrible. Just like Swiss cheese. Yeah, and your like parents forget their kids and stuff. It's horrible. Yeah. Horrible. So Anyway, so this is kind of the first study of This is kind of the first study of oh, the brain, you know, because certain parts of his brain were affected by this steel bar, um, it caused some personality changes. And so, unfortunately, the so, as I talked about earlier, no one cared about Phineas Gage before the incident. So, It's hard to be like, oh, his personality was A, and now it's B. Because there wasn't, like, people don't write down people's personality of people they don't, right. that aren't famous. You know what I mean? So, it's kind of tough to, this like, source-wise, it's kind of tough to be like, oh, yeah, his personality was this, this, and this. I did have that quote at the top from Harlow, though.
0: Sure. Well, so did he, I mean, obviously, he knew him before this incident i think he
1: got that from his parents honestly and people he worked with i don't think he knew him before the incident Hmm.
0: okay
1: so much of the information comes from harlow though like he's the one that like kind of dedicated the rest of his like as or as long as gage was alive and even after his death he wrote this paper and everything he um he really wanted to look into that kind of stuff so Harlow recounts that Gage's memory and general intelligence seemed unimpaired after the incident. However, Harlow describes Gage as thus. This is a direct quote. Quote, the equilibrium or balance, so to speak, between his intellectual faculties and animal propensities seems to have been destroyed. He's fitful, irreverent, indulging at times in the grossest profanity, which was not previously his custom, Manifesting but little difference for his fellows, impatient of restraint or advice when it conflicts with his desires, at times obstinate, yet capricious and vacillating, devising many plans of future operations, which are no sooner arranged than they are abandoned in turn for others appearing more feasible. A child in his intellectual capacity and manifestations, he has the animal passions of a strong man. Previous to his injury, although untrained in the schools, he possessed a well-balanced mind and was looked upon by those who knew him as a shrewd, smart businessman, very energetic and persistent in executing all of his plans of operation. In this regard, his mind was radically changed, so decidedly that his friends and acquaintances said he was, quote, no longer Gage. So his brain was affected so much by this that they were like, this is a different person. Like He's cursing all the time. He's like he doesn't he's not agreeable with anyone anymore.
0: And like impulsive and
1: yeah, like he didn't yeah, he didn't have any restraint really anymore.
0: Childlike.
1: Yeah. So the description comes right after the incident. However, when Gage started working as a stagecoach driver, some of these symptoms seem to have stilled, or at least they or they wouldn't have hired him. Like so the script so right after the incident, he starts like this is pretty much instantaneous. Like he's getting hostile, he's yelling and cursing at people, disagreeable. But it seems to have lessened a little bit as he kind of went on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's pretty much the end of it. It's pretty much the end of my story. But I do want to end with an anonymous limerick about Gage that I thought was kind of funny. It says, A moral man, Phineas Gage, tamping powder down holes for his wage, blew his special made probe through his left frontal lobe, now he drinks, swears, and flies in a rage.
0: Wow! <laughs> I thought that was pretty clever. An anonymous limerick. An
1: anonymous limerick. That's how it was quoted on uh, Wikipedia. Hmm. An anonymous limerick. Uh, there's much, much more, much, much more to the story because there's a whole bunch of, them. and I mean not more to the story, but there's more to like the medical side of the different stuff that went on. Sure. Yeah. Um, obviously, people have reexamined what they could, like, with the knowledge we have now. Uh, and they're like, oh, yeah, these specific areas of his brain were affected, and that's why that's why he was, you know, pr- prone to become easily angered and why he started swearing and everything. So very interesting stuff. But, yeah, I was um, – I remember I saw something about – I saw the name come up somewhere, and I was like, ah, name sounds familiar. So I Googled it, and I was like, oh, man, I remember learning about this guy. So I thought that would be an interesting story.
0: Yeah. A um, dismal story. Like I said, my favorite murder just did this like a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, God damn, that name sounds familiar. I know I know that name from somewhere.
1: Not a whole lot of Phineas's. Right. So, yeah. Dismal story. It's a
0: cool name, though. Phineas Gage.
1: Phineas Gage. Agreed. Pretty good. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's all I got. Should we wrap this up? You got anything else to say? Um,
0: I don't really think so.
1: Okay. We'll be back next week with another episode. Yeah. We're approaching episode 40, which means we're approaching episode 52, which means we've been doing this for almost a year, which is True. bananas. It is so, bananas. Don't forget to like and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify and Apple podcast rate us five stars Apple podcast and uh, follow
0: us on at history 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 podcast on uh, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook all kinds of stuff
1: yeah go follow them socials and Uh, uh, yeah we'll make sure we put up pictures don't put up pictures of like his brain or anything so don't worry but
0: yeah nothing graphic
1: stuff. Okay, that's all I got.
0: I right. I love you.
1: I love you.